What's up, everyone? We're talking rehab today. We're talking rehab this whole week. We, uh, it's one of the hottest topics for us. A lot of people want to know how they can fix their old injuries, and for good reason. Injuries are a real pain in the butt if you don't know what to do about it. So stick around. What's up, everyone? My name's Yanni Bormeister. I'm joined with the benevolent Phil White and across the table, Rad Bormeister. Behind the camera is Richie, the voice of God. How is everyone today? Yeah, good. I swear to God, Yanni just calls you names that like it's like it's like brick in um in uh what's it called Anchorman. I I love lamp. Are you just looking at things and (laughs) saying you love them? (laughs) Benevolent. I always get a new descriptive word. It's great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, very well. There excited. you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, I was excited to see Yanni, to Yanni uh, rock up for the gym in shorts today, signing that yes. spring has sprung. Spring is in the air. Yeah, so, yeah. it is absolutely spring in Sydney today, and uh, it's yeah, it's feeling good. Feeling good. How are you, Richie? Pretty good, guys. Pretty good. Mastering his new setup up there, yeah. and uh, yeah, for those of you who follow me on facey you would have seen me post some photos we took yesterday of the uh the layout here now it's and if you haven't seen it finished yeah oh man check looks pretty awesome check it out before we get started guys question of the day i want to hear your feedback in the comments section have you ever injured yourself and been told to stop exercising by someone it might be your training buddy it might be your coach it might be a physical therapist or physiotherapist might be your mum might be your mum yeah that's right <laughs> that's a good one actually probably highly likely it was yeah. uh we want to know and uh we want to know a little bit about it so try to give us more than a yes or no answer so we can yeah. discuss deeper and as rad said we are going deep into injury today yesterday we shared a little bit about our stories and our history around injury. Um, between uh, the four of us here, we've experienced almost everything. <laughs> yeah, right up there. <laughs> uh, it's definitely up there. And uh, today we have Phil, our resident physiotherapist, back on around the table. He had uh, more better, uh, more important things to do yesterday <laughs> than to hang out with us. And uh, so we can go deep. We can go deep into the mechanism. And, and um, today what we really want to do is separate uh, passive and uh, how did you frame it just before? Yeah, active and passive modalities. So yeah. basically what I mean by that is if you're seeing a health professional, if they're doing something to you or showing you how to do something for yourself. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like that. So in, in, in layman's terms, uh, for Rad and I to understand, it's basically, are you doing a rehab program that consists of exercises to strengthen, uh, stretch, whatever um, uh, it may be? It or can also be an, an exercises that are a pain management strategy, a flare-up strategy. So that can be part of an active approach to rehab if they're giving you things that are you know, inherently sort of, you know, pain management, but as long as it's you doing it for yourself rather than someone else doing it to you. Yeah. And then... And then the other alternative is, are you seeking treatment from a practitioner? It might be a chiropractor, an osteopath, a massage therapist, a an acupuncturist, a physiotherapist, getting manual therapy, um, electro uh, therapies. There's Sitting so in a little room with a heat pack on you while the practitioner sees four other people at once. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of different ways that you can have your money taken away from you. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I I've joke. just found a magic spot where I can look at you. Yeah, right. Oh, boom. You got a good little lean boom. as well. 
It's yeah. all happening here. Yeah, <laughs> look out, look at Rad. He's he's really yeah. uh, relaxed. He's la- as my the, as my five year old son would say, he's laxed. Because yeah, from where I'm so laxed. from where you're looking on the um, camera, or if you're listening to the podcast, I can't really see it, but often. Rad and I, every day, every day, Rad and I are trying to find like eye contact between the um, between the, the microphones and the, and the headsets because they're like perfect <laughs> forehead height. So Phil and I are blocked, but yeah. I found them sweet spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I didn't get enough Rad already, now I have perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back on back, back on, on topic. Here we go, here we so go. Um, <laughs> I want to share first a, uh, a little um, recent experience I had. Uh, I have this ongoing thing where when I max out on an overhead press, which is a, a barbell military press or a barbell shoulder press, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, when I when I go for a sort of one RM, which is for me around eighty five kilos, um, I tend to like get, experience some discomfort in uh, or pain in or around my um, shoulder blades, sort of, and I, it feels to me, and my brain tells me that I've like d- displaced a rib or something like that. It's sort of some sort of a spasm, and what tends to happen is it will last for three or four days and i can do sort of stretches and i can do all sorts of stuff and nothing really seems to get it as much as going down to see my bud tom cartwright at the uh, cairo and he'll give me a few adjustments and it usually always feels great uh and so and so this really frames the context of what we're talking about today because there's a lot of people who stop there and there's a lot of people who will feel some sort of pain or discomfort and they'll go to see their favorite practitioner and their practitioner will manipulate them or treat them or jab them with something or do something, which is all um, uh, got, uh, definitely got its place. And for me, it's, it's an immediate relief of that. But then I come back to the gym and I make sure that I double down on strengthening those areas that are of issue. And, and over time, the, the problem has, um, it happens far less and it's far less serious it used to be that when that happened or occurred i would not be able to try i'd I'd be in that much discomfort that i'd be popping pills for three or four days Uh, nowadays it's just a, a mild discomfort because i'm building strength in the gym and focusing on you know progressively overloading that movement not jumping to those heavy weights immediately again and so i think this is a great way to start the discussion because I do know that there are a lot of people out there who sort of, they they stop at that point. They go and get the treatment and the treatment feels good and then they stop because either they're afraid of... Yeah, so with, well, when that stopping happens, it it is either going to be a decision by yourself to stop because of some, you know, certain belief you have or it's going to be the practitioner does not lay out a plan of how to help manage yourself. So when it comes to stopping, yeah, you really got to think like what's driving that. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. And it's something that I've definitely, um, yeah, I guess changed my thinking around since I started on this journey where I like first did a short massage course in 2011. And I was like, I'd, I'd been a, you know, a young athlete and played like international tournaments for ultimate Frisbee and had physios and, and massage therapists to try and, you know, keep me, keep me playing and and so i thought oh man like i want to learn this stuff like all that magic voodoo stuff that just keeps you keeps you being able to come back on the pitch and like that's what i really wanted to do and i I did my massage course and i was like i can't wait to wait to do all the fancy sort of um, treatment modalities like the um, graston technique you know metal blade scraping stuff and uh doing some acupuncture down the line like dry needling all of that i was i was really fascinated by that whole you know 
figuring out how you can make people feel better at the time and then as i went through my sports science degree and when when i started training more myself in the gym and then into physio it's been this kind of evolution where i've, I've started to change my thinking a bit more about that and have kind of landed in a place where like the biggest most valuable thing that i can do for people is try and help them figure out how to you know look after themselves and not get hurt in the process and that also kind of came from what i was learning but also from personal experiences where i'd sometimes go and see health practitioners uh didn't have much money as a student and then they'd sort of like sign you up for treatment for long periods of time or didn't give you a clear plan about what they're doing rather just say sort of you know see you next week see you next week see you next week and I wasn't sort of feeling like I was understanding how what they were doing is making a difference. So it's really informed the way that I now practice and the way I think about injury rehabilitation. And yeah, I think it's a really important discussion to have. So. Yeah, absolutely. And Rad, you've got you've certainly had your fair share of experiences with this. And I, there's one thing that we spoke about when I first came into the gym this morning that you were quite proud of was that uh, we're doing a lot of testing at the moment in the gym. It's our testing week and. Um, a lot of the guys were testing calisthenics movements that they haven't, uh, there's a reason why I'm, I'm, I'm sort of deviating off the path here. I'll bring it back in, trust me. Uh, a lot of the guys had t uh, retested calisthenics moves and uh, been able to do things that they had not been able to do in the past. And the, the reason for that is because for the last couple of, um, mac the last macro cycle of the program, we've really just focused on making people strong and flexible, you know, and there wasn't a lot of calisthenics in that. And uh, why I'm sharing this, and you can probably share a little bit about about um, what was going on this morning, is because at the grassroots of everything, whether you're injured uh, and wanting to overcome that injury, or whether you're trying to achieve uh, fancy movements, uh, to demonstrate fancy movements in calisthenics, um, to just get strong and flexible is gonna really, really help, you know, and, um, it, you know, it go it sort of aligns with what we're talking about here, which is that to to treat to, to just continually treat issues and injuries without looking at the macro of how strong and flexible are you and what kind of you know um, body do you have or uh, um, are you producing? You're probably going to stay in that perpetual cycle of just treating injuries. You know, mm. well, that's not why they could do calisthenics this morning. The reason why they can do calisthenics is because we have the ultimate program for developing strength and flexibility. And I say that with my hand on my heart. And mm -hmm. the, resu the result, the proof is in the pudding because we're taking, everyone in the class is getting better and better. It's not just that the people that are coming that were already good are now able to do things. People that came here that couldn't do anything when they started are achieving things that they could never do before. Um, and yeah, it's because we've stripped the program back to the grassroots where we like one of our members greg who hasn't been here for 13 months who when he was here we used to do more calisthenics than everybody did that everybody was told to do as part of the class that like we used to do handstands in the class you know and he said so when do you guys do calisthenics now and i said well wednesdays is still a straight arm strength day but i said outside of that it's up to you it's when you're ready for it and if it's within your goals i don't hold anybody back if anybody says to me i want to learn how to do this then i'll show them what they can do but um you have to, during the class time, you have to have achieved certain milestones with strength before I allow you to go in the gymnastics rings or anything like that. And he went, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And as he was saying that, here's our members that haven't been on the rings for 
six or seven months doing back levers that they've yeah. never been able to do before. Yeah. And they were blown away. They were all like, oh my God, I can't believe I can do this. And it's just because they are so much stronger now. And I said to everybody, I said, look, there's two ingredients that make you good at calisthenics above anything else. What is it? And everybody said, be as strong as you can. I said, yep. Nobody guessed the second one. It's have a healthy body composition. If yeah. you, you know, and as soon as I said it, they went, oh yeah. I said, yeah, go and grab an eight kilo kettlebell try and do pull-ups, <laughs> see how much harder it is. So now imagine you were carrying that around with everything that you were doing, you know, and that's only eight kilos, that's nothing. Yeah. But yeah, so if you go back to injuries, like the, I mean, Phil said, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've talked about injuries before. Injuries are generally speaking, it comes from an abusive load to the body, right? Like there's, an abu there's a, a load that the body couldn't handle that you put it through. So for some people, that abusive load is like is like nothing to anybody else. It's like it's like getting it's like stepping out of your car and and slipping a little bit and rolling your ankle, and that became an abusive load. Whereas, I've been walking in the military with 50 kilos on my back, like we were, we were talking about yesterday, and I've slipped and rolled my ankle and dropped down to the ground on one knee, like my leg buckled under me, and people behind me went, "Oh God, are you all right, man?" And I got up and walked it off because for me that wasn't an abusive enough load to cause an injury. So I think the abusive load is is relative to what the person's capability it's is. Subjective, so, yeah. So well, it's not subjective. It comes down to what the person has experienced before that. So it's, it's like it's that bucket and tap. Exactly. That you talk so yeah, about, right? uh, yeah, exactly. So you have like a certain capacity within each of your tissues. So that comes down to bones, your ligaments, your your muscles, your discs, your um, cartilage, and and each of those things have had a certain amount of stress that they've had to adapt to over time. And if you suddenly exceed that stress in a in a big enough way, those structures will not be able to handle it, and they'll get injured. And so that now constitutes an abusive load. Whereas for you, if you've been <coughs> choking on yeah. your own uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whereas for you, when you've Off been uh, you know, as part of the army, they put you through some br brutal mm. stuff, and you were there for a while. Where that, you know, that's become fairly normal for you. So if yeah. I was to go for a hike with fifty kilos on my back after my usual sort of cushy inner city yeah. life, like that would be kind of enough that any sort of deviation from very controlled movement would suddenly be an abusive load, and I'd likely injure myself. But because yeah. you'd been doing it, yeah. you'd expose your body for it for a long period of time. Then now you're prepared for it. And so when it comes back to rehab training, it's all about thinking: what are the things that you're trying to achieve? What are the goals that you're trying to achieve? What exercises or sports or whatever do you want to be able to do and then how do we match your training to make that thing that you're trying to achieve as close to you know what you've trained in the gym and that might you know it might not mean that you're you know you're wanting to like go for a hike so therefore you have to do hiking with like weights in your back but rather in the gym where we're mimicking you know those those hip movements the single leg stuff the and we're progressively overloading with weight and that is a training program that will prepare your body for yeah so. yeah so yeah it's like it's building up that tolerance through strength training to allow yourself to be able to handle more and not get injured you know? yeah so yeah. to bring it back to giving leaving these um beautiful people who are tuning in and listening and watching something really valuable that they can take from this how to beat your injuries uh would we agree that uh i think we'd all agree that the at a fundamental level a proactive exercise plan is paramount you like you you we talk about this a lot you should there's very seldom a situation where you should in like abstain from exercise entirely when you hurt yourself and mm -hmm. you've made a few examples before of when that might be the case it might be a, in the event of a serious bone fracture yeah. or something like that where you have to reset the bones in place but even then you can be doing other parts of your body 
keeping that exercise. Yeah. So yeah, I want to kind of wrap this up in, in a well, not wrap it up, but in a explain it in a way that as sort of I've come to over time, which is is thinking about that sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that, like Yanni and I have talked talked about a bit with in terms of business and how also you can ap- apply it to when you're seeing a health practitioner. And I think you know the fundamental things that you need to make sure that are happening when you go see a health professional is have I got a diagnosis? Do I know what's happening? Like, is it clear kind of what the injury is and what that completely disqualifies me from doing? Because like you want to make sure that it's it's very clear. Like the, if there's certain sort of no-go areas, make that clear. A lot of health practitioners are probably a bit too conservative about that, I think, and yeah. people tell people to stop doing things entirely. But anyway, that's the basic part. You want a diagnosis, you want to know what you're working with. And then from there, I think it's really important to have, like you've got to talk about you've got to align your sort of goals of what you're trying to achieve in the long term and then you've got to come up with first up a kind of flare-up strategy or, or just how to tackle that pain side of things so that might be part of a bit of pain science and maybe a few movements or exercises or guidelines around what you should um, avoid or what you can do for yourself that will manage the pain then it's going to be about having an exercise program that's aligning with the goal what you're trying to achieve to in a progressive way to get there and then if you've kind of got all of that down then um and you've got a like a pacing strategy a pacing strategy is basically how to introduce like the thing that so you might have like a a exercise training program which would be like in the gym you're doing a certain thing but then you maybe you're trying to get back to for me beach volleyball so then you have a pacing strategy of like how you actually reintroduce the sport how i introduce beach volleyball into my life and so that's kind of the that's the base of the pyramid so as long as you're getting those things at the bottom first then you can move up to the next level then you can move up to the next level and then at the top there's going to be things that have diminishing returns and maybe like are not evidence-based to have a positive result. And that generally is where the passive strategies, the manual therapy, the like, um, you know, electrostimulation, the acupuncture, all of those things are like, they're not going to deal with the load tolerance. They're not going to deal with like a progressive overload thing that will get you back to performing at your best. No matter how much acupuncture you get, your muscles are not going to get you know, build up their capacity to deal with the work you're trying to do. So if you've done everything else, if you've got all of those things done, then, you know, I think it's worth sort of doing those somewhat more speculative things that might make you feel a bit better and may have tangible results. But that comes down to your decisions with the health practitioner because really it's going to come down to cost. It takes a long time to get all of those base parts of the pyramid done. So you've got to, like, make sure that you're getting them done and you're willing to pay for the, the preceding things. But if someone comes in, they do a quick diagnosis and they get you straight in the table to do acupuncture, and they don't deal with that, then you're going to be stuck in this loop of never getting yeah. the tools you need to help yourself. My, uh, my th- personal opinion, this is my personal philosophy on injury, is that injuries really sort of fall into two categories. One of them is a complete accident that is... Um, so uh, acute injury, well, actually, no, I won't even say that. I'll say all injuries here. This is for me, this is my personal philosophy on it, based on many, many, many injuries over 25 years of doing my own training, 30 years of doing my own training. So there's the accident, there's the one that was really unplanned for, like, because some people can say, well, look, I, my car got hit by another car, like, what yeah. can I do about that? You know, well, yeah, that's out of your control. But everything else, in my experience with myself, is that it was bad planning. The injury happened because I didn't I didn't prepare for whatever I was doing properly. So when I tore my Liz Frank ligament, when I did the injury, I didn't warm up. I wasn't doing a proper training session. I was trying to show off to my to Aaron. I was I was 
but uh, that's not what I was saying, of course, but I was like trying to show him what I'd achieved without preparing for the workout properly. It wasn't a workout. It was like, hey, look what I learned the other day and I injured myself. Um, you know, same thing with my slap tear. I hadn't prepared my body properly. I hadn't developed the required amount of raw strength to do the calisthenics movements that I was trying to do. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a philosophical way to approach things, but, that, but that's my honest opinion. I think um, if you take away those accident things, I think most injuries come from people just not um, not preparing for the situation properly, be it either not warming up properly or not doing the required amount of conditioning in their body to, to get themselves to the point that they that, that it isn't an abusive load that they did. And for a lot of people, it's a really it's a really hard thing to understand because a lot of people get into their you know a lot of the time you see these um, chronic injuries in people that are in their 50s and 60s and things like that right and they haven't done any weightlifting or resistance training at all and when you're at that stage like that that journey to get your body out of that fragile state is, is quite it's quite long it's quite a it's quite a um, you know unpleasant reality that a lot of people face when they come to us that are in, that are in that you know 50s and 60s category yeah uh, absolutely look it, I mean I want to I want to leave this because tomorrow we're going to talk about something very, very important, which is uh, that there are scenarios where people don't overcome their injury because they treat it incorrectly, either through an incorrect diagnosis, they self-diagnose and then treat a, an acute issue. They treat it as though it's an acute issue, but it's actually an, a, a tendinopathy or something like that. And the two treatment um, strategies need to be different. And then... Um, but for this today's discussion, I think what people really, what I want people to really take home is that, you know, um, there are two ways, there are two styles of treatment for an in, for an injury, and one makes you feel good now. Usually, you get a very quick uh, sense of satisfaction from it, but it does very little, if anything at all, for um, preventing that um, to uh, to reoccur. And, and potentially it can sometimes be even bad long term because you think that like, oh, my body only functions if I have this done to me. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and negative. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that a lot, you know, and um, it's like I, I, maybe you can relate. I am absolutely addicted to get, uh, to um, massage, remedial massage. I've, be, uh, I've enjoyed it since I was a child. My mother introduced us to massage at a very young age. We had a very good massage practitioner in my hometown. And since I was about eight years old, she used to take us in and get massages and it just feels amazing and I love it, you know? And, and uh, the, the, but I like, I get them so regularly that when I don't get them, I kind of don't feel good. You know, I kind of don't feel like I'm functioning the way I am, and and there is not there um, there is, you know, there are a lot of people who are discouraged from doing the thing that they need to do, which is to get more strong, flexible, and athletic, uh, which will solve so many issues, almost all issues, you know, in the body, and uh, they're discouraged from doing that because they're addicted to the passive approach, you know, uh, which yeah, I just think it's sort of like uh, it's like that instant it, it, gratification. It, it takes syndrome. the responsibility from you to have to do work to, yeah. and it puts it in the yeah. practitioner it's to the fix you. Way, yeah. So it's a way of getting like an instant, tangible thing that's like, okay, I feel different now, and there's something that's beyond my control that you are changing for me. Yeah. Whereas, like, for pretty much all injuries, it comes down to you know this capacity and and, and load issue, and and it's hard. It is hard to get that programming right to reintroduce your stuff to uh, to yourself to 
what you need to be able to do. So it's and it's a it's a grueling thing that takes consistent effort and time and work. And so I think it's it's this very it's a much better business model as a health practitioner to keep things mysterious, keep the control in your like the ball in your court to say like, you know, you have to keep coming back to see me to, to feel better. Yeah. And so there's all sorts of incentive issues I think in healthcare and I really like it's something that I'm very passionate about and trying to figure out ways to, you know, help change. Na- navigate um, change. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I think that it's this, it's a really interesting and yeah, very hard thing in a private healthcare setting to get those incentives right and build a business model that is good for health practitioners where you can, you know, actually make money but not having to trick or, you know, having to coerce people into coming back more than they need to. Yeah. And so what I think it really comes down to is an agreement between the practitioner and the patient. And I think the patient's voice needs to be there where you need to be the person asking the questions like, okay, cool. Like I I can see that you really want to do this, but like, you know, what's our long-term strategy? What are we like? Yeah. What's uh, the strategy? Yeah. How am I going to get from, you know, here to here? What can I do for myself? So really at this kind of stage, I think it comes down to, yeah, patients needing to ask those questions. And that's what I'm really hoping to get across here is like knowing which questions to ask, like, you know, getting that diagnosis right, getting the, um, you know, what can I definitely not do and what can I definitely, like, what can I do? Yeah. And, you know, how are we going to get from A to B? So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for anyone, I mean, look, I've I've had m- as much treatments as anyone who is a, a glutton for a bit of spinal masturbation or massage therapy or whatever else. <laughs> Feel rolls uh, and eyes. And I, so yeah, and, 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 I, and I, I'm saying this from the heart, nothing that I've ever done on a, on a table or in a clinic compares to the exercise that I've done, you know, for my body, like the, 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 the two don't even compare. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, what I, means like, I think it really, it makes it very clear with like, you know, with Brad, with your slap tear, like you would not be able to have just PB'd your bench press if you just got acupuncture. Like, no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I you know, not done, to rag just on acupuncture, but acupuncture. this is a good example of like the, there is these passive modalities don't make you stronger. They don't build up, you know, stability no. in the joint. They don't, like yeah. adapt you to the thing that you're trying to achieve yeah, and yeah, for you trying to, to achieve strength like you've got to do the work yeah, yeah. They, i and i believe they have their use they're definitely tools that you can have at your disposal but yeah. but only if you m- choose and you make that decision like yes i am willing to do more treatments and get more like pay more money to you to get these things once we've got everything else in place yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's, yeah. I, yeah. that's i mean the reason why you and i love that stuff so much is because we do all of the other stuff exactly yeah default. So for us, it's a valuable right. thing. It, it adds yeah. that little bit. It's extra. that top of that pyramid where you've got the foundations all there. You've done all the work. You've got that, and then it's like diminishing returns percentage on yeah. top. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what professional athletes do as well. They get their training right. They get their load managed to the nth degree. They get their nutrition right. They get their sleep right. And so then it makes sense. Like okay, they've got to get like percentage small percentages matter to them. So they'll get. Yeah like this work done but i think in the kind of general population setting most people are not getting everything else right yeah. their sleep scrap you know they're stressed they're not eating well they're hardly like exercising. <laughs> they're hardly if, exercising if all, yeah. and they're probably not exercising you know with great technique and they probably haven't got a program that's putting them towards their goals and so if you then just plonk on really expensive you know passive modalities then like what is that getting you yeah. except for temporary, temporary relief, relief and a bit of like giving someone else the job of you know, fixing yeah, you instead of yeah, sorting ab- yourself abdicating out. Abdicating responsibility. Um, okay, guys. We've got to wrap this up. Yeah, we've got to we wrap this up. we got no comments except for just some great praise and some sharing. Thank you, Lee Clements, for sharing the stream. And Adrian Sneary, when are you uh, going to get no, your ass you, in here Come for back. a freaking workout, <laughs> mate? Uh, we're waiting. We're waiting. 
Big shout out to everyone who's listening on the podcast. We love you long time and the YouTube channel. Uh, we are watching you and we're very excited about what's coming for YouTube. We're going to be doing our weekly workouts again soon. So look out for those. Uh, our, our recent sprint has been on getting the gym finished. I'll post all the photos in the UMS Movement Mastermind yeah, group, which brings me amazing. to my final point. If you haven't joined the UMS Movement Ma uh, Mastermind private Facebook group, please do today because we have 2,999 people in the group and we would love to see it tick over yeah. to 3,000 today. Yeah, it 3, is a fast-growing uh, tribe of driven people all striving to become strong, flexible and athletic together and it's very, very fun. And you get to watch us here live. Yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great day, guys. See you soon. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.